Welcome to the Gary and Stein Sports Show, now streaming on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm Troy Gary alongside Will Stein. Uh, today we're going to talk about the uh, Major League Baseball season. Uh, last week we didn't have time for it, so uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, starting with the uh, predict projections for um, who's going to win each uh, league, uh, each division, and wild cards. You want to start, Will? I got it. So for the AL East, I got the Tampa Bay Rays winning the AL East, AL Central. I got Chicago White Sox, AL West. I got the Houston Astros and the three wild cards. I have New York Yankees, LA Angels, and Seattle. In Seattle. I'll go Seattle. Okay, those are some good ones. Uh, for the AL East, I got the Blue Jays. Um, and uh, AL Central, we'll go with the White Sox. Probably about 90 wins, we'll probably get that done. And AL West, I have the Astros. Uh, as far as wild cards, I have Tampa Bay, Seattle, and New York Yankees. What do you think of that, Will? Well, Toronto is – as long as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can be the threat that he is in the lineup, I think Toronto has a good shot to compete with Tampa Bay, but I just don't trust Toronto's pitching rotation enough. It, it all comes down to who all can hit around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, I mean, they got uh, Bo Bichette. Um, they got Guriel. They got some young players, um, really good hitters. So, yeah, the pitching is probably going to be their um, uh, Achilles Hill if they have one. Um, and um, so, yeah. Uh, for the NL, I have the New York Mets winning the NL East. Uh, Central, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. And NL West, I have the Dodgers. For wild cards, I have the Braves, Giants, and Cardinals all pretty much with the same kind of identical record, about 91, 92 wins. Um, and, um, yeah, what do you got, Will? So, for the division winners, I got the same Mets, Brewers, Dodgers. For the wild cards, I got St. Louis, Philadelphia, and who's the other one? I just had it, like, two seconds ago. No, I am going to go San Francisco okay. for my third wild card. All right, gotcha. Um, for the World Series, I got the Blue Jays over the Giants. Um, like I said, Blue Jays were going to need some pitching in order for that to happen, but they have really good young hitters and uh, hitting wins in this league. So uh, what do you got for your World Series, Will? Dodgers over Tampa Bay. Okay, that's a good one. Um, for for my MVP projections, I have uh, for the American League, I have Lad Grill Jr., and for the NL, I have Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. We touched about Guerrero; he can definitely hit the long ball. I got Shohei Otani for the AL, and then for the NL, I got Bryce Harper for MVP. Okay. Uh, for Ricky of the Year, I have Bobby Witt Jr. from the Royals and uh, uh, 
excuse me, Suzuki, um, outfielder for the Cubs. I agree with you on both ends. Bobby Witt is a stud outfielder from the Kansas City Royals, and Suzuki has been hot so far in Chicago. Can he keep up with the pressure of the Japanese market like Ichiro, or will he end up folding like Kosuke Fukudome? We'll see. But I think Suzuki is well on his way to become the MVP, not MVP, Rookie of the Year for the National League. Okay, and then for the Cy Young for the AL, I have Garrett Cole from the New York Yankees. And the National League, I have Walker Bueller for the Dodgers. I'm on the same path as you on that one, my friend. Garrett Cole, legitimate ace for the Yankees. Walker Bueller with what he did for the Dodgers last year. I think he's only going to improve on that campaign. Now, Clayton Kershaw probably should have gotten that perfect game earlier this season, but you know what? I would have at least tried to go for it, but I still say Bueller, his teammate, gets the MVP. Excuse me, Cy Young odd. Okay. And then uh, we'll just talk briefly of some of the rule changes this year um, that kind of helped from the strike or kind of became because of the strike. Um, We have the universal designated hitter now in both leagues. No pitchers no longer hit. What do you think of that, Will? Mm. I think for some of those older players like Albert Pujols and Nelson Cruz, that definitely benefits those guys who have always been, well, Nelson Cruz more than anybody because he's always been one-dimensional with he can hit, but he can't feel to save his life. But I miss the opportunity of bunning the guy over to second base or playing small ball just to manufacture that run. But at the same time, I think more offense, more home runs puts more fans in the stand. So I think from a marketing standpoint, I understand why they did it. But from a pure standpoint, I think the pitchers bring a different element of strategy to the game. Yeah, I'm more of a traditionalist. I like the pitcher hitting uh, double switches, you know, more strategy to the game in the National League, um, figuring out, you know, if they pull a pitcher, uh, who's going to hit for them, what, you know, then it changes the batting order up. So, um, yeah, but that's gone away. Um, I guess it's more for more of the fan, uh, more offense now, uh, you'd think now with the designated hitter or the National League. Um, also, um, this new thing they installed is uh, for the pitchers and the catchers for uh, to prohibit sign stealing is the catcher uh, basically sends electronic signal to the cap of the pitcher on which pitch he wants uh, to throw. What do you think of that? So I haven't seen too much of that specific rule change. I think with whether it's with sign stealing per se, you still have to hit the 95 mile per hour fastball. I know I can't hit a 95 mile per hour fastball to save my life. That's why I'm doing this and not on the field. But anyway, that's a whole other story for another ball game. I understand why they do it because I think because we don't want a repeat of what happened with 
Houston in the 2017 World Series. But I think other teams are doing it. I just think Houston just got caught, to be quite honest with you. But I think all teams do some sort of sign stealing in some way possible. Yeah, there's been various teams. I'm sure everybody's had probably done at least once uh, instances. Uh, it just happened to be the Red Sox um, and the Astros, and I think the Yankees in the last couple of years have gotten caught. So, I mean, I guess if that makes everybody feel better doing this new um, electronic signal to the pitcher, um, I guess we won't talk about it. Um, but also on uh, changes for next year um, it, that um, were talked about during the strike and they agreed upon is next year there'll be no more um, uh, there'll be a pitch clock and uh, no and uh, no more shifting uh, sending two guys in the outfield or second basement um, because apparently you know people were hitting the ball straight to the second baseman who was playing in left field and the second baseman would throw and, and make an out. So what do you think of that, Will? I With the shift, I think they could modify the shift, but taking away the shift entirely I think is stupid. I would maybe modify how you do the shift, but not completely take it away because that's part of the strategy behind the game of baseball. And if a good hitter will figure out how to beat the shift. Look at what Anthony Rizzo did the other day with bunting for that base hit, and he didn't know where the ball was for the first five seconds, but he still got a base hit because he bunted over to third base. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of that guys uh, lay down a bunt uh, the third baseman's not even over there. And, and, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, hits where, you know, guy, like I said, puts down a bunt and there's nobody at third base and he just basically walks to first base. So uh, next year, I guess there'll be no more shifting um, and there'll be a pitch clock. I believe it's going to be 20 seconds. Um, I've, I like to go to a baseball game. I don't care how long it is. You know, most people, if you're watching on TV, it can get kind of uh, long. Uh, but most people that are at the game uh, are out there to enjoy not just the game, but the, all the other aspects, the being outside, uh, good weather, ballpark food, you know, so, um, but baseball is trying to cut down on the time frame from three hours. And I think 10 minutes is the average down. They want it down to like 200 or excuse me, two hours and about 40 minutes. So, um, and they think if they put a pitch clock in, um, that will help. Um, I, I'm against it, but like I said, they're 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 going to do that next year, and we'll see how if the game kind of changes at all because of that. So, uh, you think you have any thoughts on the pitch clock, Will? Um, so with the pitch clock, I think it. I think the pitcher. I think it benefits the batter more than it benefits the pitcher. And I think it all goes back to offense and what Major League Baseball wants to get the offensive element back inside the game. So I would say it benefits the hitter more than it benefits the pitcher. But as far as pace of play, 
I just want to see a good game of baseball, whether it's two and a half hours or whether it's three and a half or four hours. Before we get to the next segment, here's a ad from one of our sponsors. Wow, this new Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Is it the best Coke ever? Yes! 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 Okay, I'm going to try it first. Yes! I need to try it first. Um, I guess now we'll talk about, uh, we'll switch over to the NFL draft. Excuse me. Uh, We are, what is it, 10 days away now? And um, 28th, 28th, 28th. Yeah. Um, so um, I want to go over the offense and defensive players that we think will be drafted in the first rounds, particularly offensive linemen, guards, centers, um, defensive ends and defensive tackles. So I'll start out with uh, my defense or excuse me, offensive tackles. I have five, I think, might go in the first round, four for sure, one one bonus one. Um, and I'll start out with uh, Evan Neal of Alabama, uh, 6'7", 355 pounds, All-American. Um, you know, he, he could, if it wasn't uh, any other year, he could be up for that number one pick. I mean, I don't think he'll go number one, but he'll be in the top five for sure. And then the second one I got is uh, Equinanu of uh, NC State, another big guy, 6'4", 320. Um, I have him right now either going to the Giants at five or um, uh, overall three to the Texans. Um, Also, I have the third one I have is Charles Cross of Mississippi State, Uh, another 6'5", 300-plus guy. Um, I think he'll be – drafted within the first 15 picks um also trevor penning of northern iowa there's another huge guy six seven three thirty um probably a top 20 pick as of right now and then the bonus one uh, that might just fall in the end of the first round a team might trade up uh just to get in the first round to get that fifth year option which is uh valuable in the nfl these days if you're trying to um grow a player but you want to give get an extra year to see what you got out of them. And that's uh, Daniel Falele out of Minnesota. 6'8", 380, Will. He's a big boy for sure. But I have offensive tackles. I got four. I got Evan Neal going to New York at five. And then I have Charles Cross going to Carolina at six. I have Ikern Equanu. I could see him going to Seattle. And then the last one would be Trevor Penning. I have him going to New Orleans. Okay. And then um, those are some good ones. For offensive guards, I have Kenyon Green at Texas A&M. Uh, again, 6'4", 325, big guy. Um, he'll be a first-round pick. I don't know uh, where, but probably in the 20s, I would guess. I have Zion Johnson of Boston College and um, Kennard out of Kentucky, uh, probably end of the first round. 
And they only have one center rated uh, first round grade, and that's Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa. So I, I like Zion Johnson a little bit better than Kenyon Green. I have Zion Johnson going to the Chargers at 17. I, I can see Kenyon Green being a late first round pick. And as far as center Tyler Linderbaum, I have him going 31 to Cincinnati. Um, Again, like I said, we'll be doing our mock draft, our final mock draft, full first round uh, draft special next Monday. Um, Me and Will, we'll both be in Vegas, so we're looking forward to that. But next week we'll do a full mock draft, um, one through 32. Um, so, um, as far as defensive tackles or ends, I'll start with defensive ends. Um, my top rated defensive end is Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, 6'5", 280. Um, then I have Aiden Hutchinson, 6'6", 260, another big guy out of Michigan. Um, third rated defensive end, I have Thibodeau out of Oregon, um, and then George Karlaftis out of Purdue. Uh, and if it wasn't for the injury, probably would have been probably in that fourth spot. But um, he's still a good player, even though it might take him a while to get back. And that's Ojabo out of Michigan. I have him probably going 32 to the Lions uh, right now on my uh, mock draft. Um, what do you got for defensive ends, Will? Defensive ends, I like. Trayvon Walker going to Jacksonville. The thing with Kwan, at first I thought Kwan Thibodeau was going to go to the Lions, but it seems like it doesn't fill Dan Campbell's personality from what I've heard from early reports. So I'd say Tibbs drops. I see Hutchinson going three to Houston. And also, George Karalefis out of Purdue. I see him being late in the, in the teens, most likely to Philadelphia or New Orleans. Yeah. Um, defensive tackles, um, I have Jordan Davis, number, my number one rated defensive tackle, 6'6", 340 out of Georgia. Uh, I'd say I have right now at 17 to the Chargers. Um, but like I said, a team might might see him available and want to move up. Um, and then I have DeMar- DeMarvin Neal, or Leal, excuse me, out of Texas A&M. I have him going about 22, 23 right now. Um, and then the, the third rated defensive tackle I had, but I've been hearing he's been, he has some sort of character issues. And that's Dev, uh, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Um, some teams have taken him off their board completely. Apparently he had some uh, family domestic violence issues in the past. So um, I don't know if he's going to even be in the first round because of that, unless the team really is enamored with him. Um, but I heard he's been dropping because of some off the field stuff. And then number four, I have Travis Jones. Uh, he's a 6'4", 330-pound defensive tackle from UConn. Um, I would say late first round for him. 
So I have Davis, Jordan Davis, going seventh to the Giants because I just because the Giants need to address both lines. So I feel like Jordan Davis will give them that immediate need. And in the Marvin Leal, Texas A&M, late 20, mid to late 20s, seems like a good spot for him. Didn't know about Devontae Wyatt. I had him higher on my NFL draft board until I heard the domestic issues that you just brought up. So we'll see what that lands. It might be an early second round pick for him if those reports are confirmed. And an under the radar name for defensive tackles would be Federian Mathis out of Alabama. And I could see him being a late one or an early two. Okay. Well, those are all some good choices. Um, like I said, me and Will will be doing our mock draft um, next Monday, um, 1 through 32. So make sure you tune in for that. And um, anything else, Will, that you want to discuss? Mm, I'm just ready to get out of the snow in Minnesota right now. Because I've when I land in Vegas next week, I'm ready to thaw out just for that Wednesday alone. So when I get land on Wednesday, it'll probably just be a day of thawing out, and then Thursday we can get to business. Yeah, weather in Vegas is going to be 90 degrees for the whole week. So, again, I'm also looking forward to that. Um, all the experiences, um, and uh, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll try to do some interviews and talk to fans while we're out there. Um, for our uh, episode after the draft. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, Vegas is probably going to be a good time again. And like I said, the weather will be great, and hopefully we'll have a good draft. So, yeah, join us next week. Um, Next Monday we'll have our full NFL draft, and uh, then me and Will will be live from the draft throughout the week, um, taping for our next week's podcast. Thank you for joining us today. As always, remember, we're on Facebook, Gary and Stein Sports Show, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. This has been a presentation of Gary and Stein Productions.